0: Financial Trojans and malware attacks linked to retail breaches have gotten renewed attention in recent weeks, and for good reason. From Congress to mainstream media, everyone is asking questions about how emerging malware strands are being detected and how risks are being mitigated. Here, Itai Maor, a fraud prevention solutions manager for Trusteer, shares new insights about the banking Trojan Zeus and touches on some of the emerging retail malware attacks the overall payments infrastructure is continually battling. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. hi. as I noted in the introduction, you've done some research into Zeus and Zeus actually has made somewhat of a resurgence in recent weeks. Can you give our audience some background about what you're seeing?
1: Yeah, hi Tracy, you're exactly right. Zeus has been, and not, not just Zeus, all financial malware have actually been heavily investing into different techniques that allow them to evade Different security solutions. This is not the situation it was six or four, six or seven years ago, uh, when where they had an easy time infecting a device and then going undetected. Today, they have to fight back against researchers and about and against different security solutions that can actually identify them. One of the recent things that we uh, discovered is uh, the fact that Zeus is using uh, different steganography technique in order to hide its configuration files in pictures. Now. It's not a new technique. We've seen this for several years now, uh, but the fact that they're going back and using this technique these days points out that they have a problem. They're being detected by security researchers and they want to hide evidence and they want to hide their command and control. They want to hide the commands that are being sent to the infected devices. And they hide them in this case in inside pictures. Uh, these, these types of attack are in the wild. they're out there. I have actually seen different pictures that were being used. My, one of my personal favorite is uh, there was a hidden inside a musical transcript piece where you see notes for a classic piece, but it's actually hiding commands an infected computer. and there's an interesting point here. so they're taking the battle one step further, so we know that malware can actually evade antiviruses using different techniques. Here they're not even trying to evade the antivirus, they're trying to evade the researchers, people like us, that take the malware and look into the different components. So it's, it's an extra step. So if I, as a researcher, uh, find this Zeus in the wild and start analyzing it, I'm going to look at the files that are associated with this malware. Now if I see a musical piece, a picture of a musical piece, well that doesn't really raise a lot of suspicion, it's just a picture. But if you really look into this picture, if you do the right analysis on it, you'll actually find out that it is used to send commands to an infected uh, computer. So I think it's, a, it's an interesting technique. We've seen different variations of this. We've seen some of the malware that use uh, social networks to hide their commands. So they would open, for example, a social media account uh, under some false name, and then they will have the infected computer connect to, say, that Facebook account and download commands from that Facebook account. Now, why do they do this? It seems like an unsuspicious or something that, uh, an unsuspicious event or something that you wouldn't expect to be fraudulent. The computer is just contacting Facebook. But in fact, it's the malware contacting Facebook, downloading commands from
0: uh, a specific profile. So, Itai, how are these new types of attacks, you're mentioning that they're really working not necessarily to get around antivirus, but to kind of fly under the radar of detection from researchers. How are these new attacks then being used to compromise online credentials and perpetrate fraud?
1: All right, so all of these techniques are kind of bundled into uh, the classic malware that we're familiar with. Uh, at, at the end of the day, they're all there to hide the fact that there's a Zeus or a Spy Eye or a Citadel uh, malware hiding. And these, these malware, well, they steal credentials like uh, we've seen for years and years now. It, it can be through key logging, through form grabbing, through screen capturing. Uh, Citadel, for example, is capable of stealing complete videos of the victim. So as soon as the victim goes into, say, some bank uh, account, it'll start taking a video of what he's doing. It'll take a video, not of, the, of his webcam, but of his uh, monitor, and transfer that back to the uh, criminal. By the way, that's, another good technique used by criminals to evade detection because later the criminal can sit and watch this video and he can see what the victim did. Now there are different security solutions that for example may raise a red flag if say I'm the victim and I usually have some specific clickstream I go through inside the website. If If I do something different then the security solutions will say hey I know it's Itai's credentials but that's not Itai's behavior and they will start sounding the alarm. But if the criminal can actually sit and watch a video that shows what the user does on the website, he can imitate the click stream, he can imitate the behavior, how long the user stays in, in each screen and so on, to, and that too will help him uh, evade security solutions that detect that him.
0: So, Itai, how could some of what you're seeing right now actually help to foreshadow what we might see in the near future as far as Windows XP vulnerabilities once we see Microsoft dropping support for Windows XP next month?
1: That's going to be an interesting uh, period because, effectively, if if Microsoft are dropping the support to XP, uh, the direct translation to that, that any vulnerability found on XP is by default a zero date because nobody's going to patch it. And XP, by the way, still has a huge uh, uh, presence uh, on computers. If I remember the latest numbers correctly, it's somewhere between 18 to 20% of all systems today are still uh, running XP. And you have to also keep in mind that some of these systems are not systems that would swipe out the operating system easily. It's not just a home user. It can be a computer in a department store, or it can be a computer that, that is used uh, on a day-to-day basis by different products that are out there, and you can't just you know, wipe it out and, and put a new operating system on it. It's much- much harder than that I mean I do expect to see more of these types of attacks uh, they'll be more even more prevalent on the XP uh, since they won't be patched and then it'll make life easier for, for the criminal to stay hidden and on the devices themselves continue to, to gather credentials gather information about the victims and then uh,
0: use it. Itai, as I mentioned during the introduction as well, we've seen a lot of interest in some of these retail malware strands that have been used to uh, target uh, different uh, retailers and compromise credit card information. How are some of these variations of Zeus and other key loggers connected or not to some of the recent retail POS malware strains that we've seen?
1: Well, that's an interesting question. We're seeing actually a rise in the number of POS dedicated malware and there are different versions of it out there I think one of the most popular ones uh, that was analyzed is Dexter and and these are dedicated malware that uh, target uh, point-of-sale systems still in credit cards and then exfiltrating the data out of the POS to a command and control now these are dedicated so to say solutions by malware for point-of-sale systems but to SpyEye, Citadel, and all the rest of these big financial malware uh, actually also have the capability uh, to do this. They do this in in different ways. Uh, I believe one of the latest major breaches was actually associated with the Citadel malware as well. Also, you have to keep in mind that uh, a lot of these financial malware have the capability to do... RDP remote desktop protocol, so they take over the device from. uh, It's a distant connection to the device. They take over the device, and they can basically do whatever they want. So they can do this uh, for a personal computer, or they can do this for the uh, point of sale. So they're definitely capable of doing this and stealing the uh, credentials. The point of sale malware that is out there uh, is dedicated for this. So what they'll do is they'll sit dormant on these point of sale systems, gather well, not dormant, but they will gather information, they'll gather uh, credit cards, they'll use different obfuscation techniques and then send out the credentials to the command control. Another thing that's important to keep in mind, connected to what we talked about before, is these point of sale malware also know how to evade the antiviruses and different detections that are out there and remain hidden in plain sight on these devices.
0: One of the things, Itai, that's come up recently in some of these retail malware attacks that we've seen is that if we go back, we can actually see where some of these different types of malware were actually being tested in other parts of the world are you seeing that some of these malware strands are being used in other parts of the world before they're actually striking in the U.S.?
1: Yes, we definitely see this type of, of behavior. So you'll see a malware being tested uh, in, in a small region. You'll see uh, a small attacks, or you can actually identify that they're they're doing the testing because of the machines that they're infecting and because of the small scale. And then you'll see it mitigate and hit somewhere else. By the way, it's not just not just uh, for a complete malware, but also just specific techniques that have the tendency to uh, migrate. For example, um, there's a technique that's very popular in Brazil, which uh, is called the overlay attack, which basically means uh, the malware will wait until a user logs into his bank account. And as soon as he logs into the bank account, the malware will actually display a screen on top of the browser screen that looks exactly like the bank's website. And unknowingly, the victim will actually communicate with the malware and not with the bank website. So he'll divulge his uh, credentials to the malware and not to the bank website itself. And we've seen this in Brazil. This has been uh, there for ages. And we've actually seen it migrate to the UK. And not only have we seen it migrate to the UK and to Europe, we've also seen it now migrate from PCs to uh, mobile devices. So there's malware out there today on mobile devices that does the overlay attack. Why? Well, because they have the capability, the technology capabilities to do so, and they know it's an efficient, te- efficient technique that will actually produce credentials.
0: So, how are detection systems, whether they be for the PC or, or the mobile environment, e type being tweaked to better detect some of these emerging malware strands?
1: Right. So, uh, it's 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 a tough game. It's a cat and mouse game that goes on continuously, and uh, you have to have researchers on the ground constantly researching. Uh, identifying these threats, understand how they actually work, what are the techniques that they're using, and then develop counter solutions. So you take a malware, you analyze it, uh, you see that it's capable of, for example, evading device ID or evading behavioral profiling and you have to start developing and do it quickly. You have to quickly develop a solution that will actually be able to identify these types of uh, attacks. A classic example for that, you have malware that is capable of doing ATS, automatic transfer systems. So it's a malware that will take over a banking session and send out a fraudulent transaction. So uh, security solutions were able to identify that based on how fast the transaction page is filled out and by identifying the velocity here, they were, were able to counter that. And there's a again, there's a back and forth cat and mouse game and you have to build, when you build your security solutions, uh, you have to, to have two things in mind because of these threats that we're discussing. One thing is you have to have a solution that is adaptable. So you can't just put a static solution and then expect it to be uh, a good, good to go for years to come. No, you have to build something that will be able to adapt to uh, new uh, vulnerabilities and new attacks that are coming. The uh, second thing is you have to have real-time intelligence. You have to understand what's out there right now on the ground every minute because these attacks change very fast. You have to keep in mind criminals, their release cycles are very fast. They don't have to, uh, you know, like big companies, they don't have to wait and have release cycles that have to go through legal approval and product management and marketing and sales and so on and so on. They see a problem with their solution, they see a security solution that's capable of detecting them, they'll release a solution within a week or two. So you have to have something that's adaptable on one hand, and on the other hand, have real-time intelligence to understand what is happening on the ground right now.
0: Talking about the real-time intelligence, it's interesting because we've been talking a lot in the industry recently about information sharing and the role that information sharing plays. Itai, how much information should and are banking institutions and retailers sharing? Are they being targeted by the same types of malware that would lend themselves enough to share information about some of these attacks?
1: Good question. Actually, I I found out that um, I travel a lot and I found out that it has to be more of a regional thing. So there are places in the world where you can get, you know, five, the top five CISOs in a room and talk about vulnerabilities. Other places are more reluctant to talk about vulnerabilities and expose uh, what's wrong with their systems. But I have to tell you that the trend is, yes, people understand that in order to counter these attacks, you have to share information. And something that might not be attacking you today and is attacking your colleague uh, institution may be coming after you tomorrow so we're starting to see more and more organizations and financial institutions open up we see more initiatives to share this type of information usually you also have some sort of presence by law enforcement which is great that can help moderate and share their information that they have we have to do this because you have to keep in mind that the criminals they do this, they, they don't have a problem. They have their forums, they'll open up uh, discussions about security solutions and about different uh, institutions and what security products are installed where and how you can bypass them and they, freely communicate about this. So we have to have these forums as well and talk about the problems because, again, something that may be in targeting a bank in Brazil today will be targeting uh, a credit union in the U.S. tomorrow and uh, and a, a merchant in Europe uh, in a week from now.
0: And then, time before we close, are there any final thoughts or information you'd like to share with our audience about some of these emerging malware attacks?
1: Well, I think um, just like uh, we mentioned during the call, uh, we, we're seeing a huge investment by uh, criminals to remain undetected. So the way that they steal information has not changed all that much, but they're getting way, way better at evading the solutions that are out there. And we talked about antivirus. But basically, they're going after everything. So they have solutions that will help them evade sandboxes. They'll have solutions that help them evade virtual machines, uh, go undetected when or not open themselves up to different uh, research technologies like IDA, reverse engineering software, and so on. So... We have to keep in mind that the criminals do this uh, uh, and do this very fast. Uh, The release cycles are super fast. The solutions that are sold in the underground are sold for very low amounts. I'm talking about less than hundreds of dollars. And we also have to keep an eye on the different developments that are out there. There are different rumors right now in different underground forums that we're going to see new versions of Gozi, new versions of Zeus. Um, So we'll have to keep an eye on on what they're planning and what they're going to release other And counter it as fast as we can.
0: Itai, I'd like to thank you again for your time today.
1: My pleasure, thank you.
0: Again, we've just heard from Itai Mayor of Trusteer. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.